this. He's the Saber Advisors Audio Experience. All right, guys, this is CRE Rewired. Um, it's our weekly talk around, you know, the disrupting, positively disrupting the commercial real estate industry. We are content creators, so we do record this room. So just keep that in mind. If you guys come up on stage, you have been warned. That's it. Yes, you have. I, can, I condensed it. I don't know if you guys noticed. I like it. Did you write that down? No, that, that was right off the top of the head. I'm glad you asked that. Right off that, the top of the head. Well, listen, man, I, I guess uh, repeti- repetition, reps, reps. <laughs> You, you yeah, just bro. crushed that, bro. I'm proud of you. Good job. <laughs> uh, Good so what are we job. diving into? I mean, I think there's a lot of different things that we could dive into, but I think, you know, I, I'd like to kind of bring up a topic that, you know, I, I think is is really interesting right now because, you know, I've, uh, I've had a few different uh, meetings this week where, you know, talking to folks in the industry that are like, are noticeably frustrated and like burnt out, um, in, in brokerage or like unhappy with their current situation and where they're, where they're at. And, you know, I think having been in brokerage for 20 years, you know, waking up every day and, and giving it 200%, you know, and, and, uh, having so many variables that are outside of your control, I, I'm just, I kind of want to open this up and talk about like, you know, do we think that the pandemic is going to have some, you know, some kind of interesting side effects for folks even that have been in the business for a long time? Not, you know, the, there's a lot of young people. Uh, I, I, I actually spoke to a friend of mine who's a New York City broker earlier in the week. And I was talking to him and I see Corey in the room, actually. So this is a good topic if Corey's available to, to jump up and talk about. But I was saying to him, I'm like, you know, what's the deal with like, you know, younger people in brokerage in New York City right now? I want to get your take on it. And he's like, he's like, well, listen, man, he's like all the big shops, the CBs, the Cushmans, the JLLs, the Newmarks, you know, the big obvious uh, you know, brokerages have no young people like they let go or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, people left on their own during the pandemic because they either moved out of the city or they, you know, realized they weren't going to make money for a long time. And he's like, you know, we're actually looking to hire people. There's no place for us to even look like there's no, there's no mm-hmm. talent at the, there's no young talent at the, at any of these companies we would typically look at to potentially hire. So, uh, oh, oh, Corey Light wants to go. come up. This, this is a, available. Corey, what's your take on that? Corey. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm, by the way, sorry for the breathing. I'm, I'm mid run, jet lagged, getting ready for my <laughs> four by four next week. Anyway. Love that. My feeling, my feeling is that. A lot of why there's no youth, and I don't know who your friend is, and that's perfectly fine, is he needs to rethink, or the people above him need to rethink, what they're doing for themselves and why there's no youth. There's no youth because that upper tier that we constantly talk about, and remember last week we were talking about the survey of the age demographic of who's in our business. The older folks don't like giving it away. They just don't. And, and that's what's keeping a lot of these young people out. And I think that that's what the issue is. They want to bring in, like the CPs, the Cushmans. From what I understand, 
when they go out to try to hire one, they always want, they're looking for MBAs and all that stuff. And that's fine. People should be educated. And I think they miss a lot of the point with our business, you know, from the creative. And so they don't get as much what we would like to join. So it's a little bit of mixed bag, but I think mostly, and Jay, you and I know all the senior guys, right? They're friends of ours. And I love Jeff, like Jeff Roseman, okay? I'm not, I'm not knocking Jeff. My guys are just ilk from an experience and a money-making perspective. You know, they have to get better, I think, at giving a little bit more away to at least entice these people to join. The social media aspect of it that we all push here is great, but it's always going to be under some scrutiny, if allowed at all, because those are all publicly traded companies. So that's all they're scared shit about. And so that's why those guys and gals are all restricted. So, sorry I'm breathing heavy and I may be winded here, but I think it really starts at the top of those groups. Again, the guys that are at Roseman, Ariel Schuster level, things like that, trying to say, hey, there's more than just breadcrumbs here. Come join us, come be a part. And I think that's it. You know, not as the sole thing, but I think those are, that's a lead indicator of what keeps these people out. I uh, first and foremost, I want I want to give mad respect to Corey, and I want everybody who's listening to to understand that you know Corey is one of the most driven people. Uh, in life, not just business. And, you know, when I, when I decided last year that I was going to do 75 hard on a whim, Corey was like, I'm in. And I don't even think that I knew what 75 hard was when I committed to Mm -hmm. do it. But I'll tell you of the entire group of people that committed to doing it. I think Corey and I are the only two that actually really did it. Um, So shout out to Corey and Corey, I think you're spot on. And can you give us some info on the the four by four that you're running so we could support your cause? Because I know you wouldn't say that, but I I feel the need to. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. So um, what happened was myself and my great friend, and a lot of you guys know him, Tyler Bennett, we decided to have lunch one day. And over the course of the conversation, we're like, fuck it, let's go do something. How about a four by four by 48? And we're like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Not even an afterthought. And then it was like, okay. <laughs> Tyler, who is like an ultra marathoner, just said to me two things. He goes, one, have, before we do this, you must have a why. Me, Corey, you have to have a why. And so my why was, what can I do to better myself? from a physical and a mental perspective. I've done some things, 75 hard. I, I train all the time, whatever. And my why was just to get myself to a next level. That's it, nothing for anybody else. Just get myself to a next level. That was my why. And then we were like, hmm, what can we do better? And Kyle, excuse me, Tyler has his unicorn charity he's involved with. And I am involved with ALS. I have a dear, dear friend who is 80 years old, sharp as a tack, and beating the shit out of this ALS. 
and they started raising money in his honor. And so we're like, we're just doing it. That's all. People, people say to me, why are you doing it? I said, I want to. That's it. And so we're going to run. I love it. Next Thursday, next Friday, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. It's a concept inspired oh. by David Goggins. So, oh, my God. Thank you, Jay. You're a beast, of course. <laughs> Of course. I, uh, all right. So, so there's a lot to, un- I mean, first off, like yeah. I, I, if I was running like Corey right now, I think I would have passed out on the streets of New York city, like trying to get out even three words. So, uh, obviously you're, you're well on your way to, to accomplishing that next week, Corey. Yeah. Um, kudos to you, Corey. <laughs> so we, we need to unpack what Corey said because, you know, listen, the New York city, dynamic of brokerage is very different than the rest of the country. And I can say that because I work the New York City market and I also work the rest of the country. So I actually understand that and I live it day to day. So Miles, you just jumped up here. Um, what do you what do you have to say about what Corey said? What do you- um, well, hey, everybody. Good to see everybody here on this Friday. I hope you've all had a rocking week. Um, I guess, you know, what I would want to say ties in a little bit with a couple really good friends of mine making some shocking moves away. Are, are you from, running two miles? Are you running? You sound out of breath. <laughs> are you doing push-ups trying to keep up? with? I'm just trying to make uh, Corey not feel bad because I haven't heard him sucking wind like that in a long time. So I think that jet lag <laughs> maybe did get to him a little <laughs> bit there. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Corey seemed, he's typically like, uh, invincible and, and, you know, indomitable, but today, man, I don't know what's going on over there. I guess the end of the week, Um, it's New York city brokerage. Continue miles. So, so as I was saying, I've had a couple of friends of mine make some pretty shocking move, um, away from some really prolific teams lately. Um, and what I've seen is, you know, not the CBs and, and the Cushmans and the JLLs, and I've seen them growing by adding more support staff. Uh, and poaching them away from maybe, you know, the firms that are, you know, ranked 7 to 15. Uh, and what I'm seeing my friends who are in their early days and their late 20s, uh, I just had a good friend of mine move from invest sales to an office leasing team. And she told me I moved for two reasons. Uh, one, so that I could have the opportunity to get closer to the relationships because I was cuter full time for the uh, capital markets team and not getting what I thought was, was kind of uh, their lack of innovation. And the team she went to, very young team. Um, they're a well-capitalized team and a well-resourced team. And she felt like maybe the team she was on was relying too much on how long they've been in the business and their relationships in the business, but that eventually that would wear if they weren't able to keep up with technology, um, and the creative service, um, uh, so supports that a lot of are now beginning to use. So I, I thought that was, it's been shrinking. I've seen this team, this is a big brokerage, 
you know, they're probably number seven or eight in the world. And the office since the pandemic hit has really probably halved in size, which tells me that, you know, they're trying to shave costs, make sure the office is making money. Um, and uh, also, I, I, I think they're shifting their strategy too, and they're trying to bring that together, which is a fine thing. But I think you're seeing evolutions, you know, it, within the industry now. I mean, I mean, like for me, look, I, I and Jane, you talk about you and I talk about this all the time. Looking outside this industry for what they're doing, I mean, it's it's got to become attractive at some point, right? And how do you make it attractive? And it's certainly not by having this mindset of, well, everybody here kind of does their own thing, and you know, uh, we're not going to share it with you. I think that it needs to be more collaborative from the jump. And if that's not clear from the beginning, I mean, I don't know that. That that collaboration piece seems to be the way a lot of other businesses get things done, but for some reason it's it's not the way that this this a lot of this you know companies in, in you know, particularly the older ones in this industry tend to operate. Yeah, man, I I I, uh, I actually lost a signal. I'm in a bad area, but I I um I relocated. I'm I'm pissed because I missed a good chunk of right when Miles was getting into why people left. Um, so I missed all that, but um I could probably guess. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm just curious if, if like everybody rethinking, you know, their lifestyle and, you know, what, what I kind of want to, what's my ideal day look like. And, you know, the people maybe like, you know, I was happy with some things at my, at my company, but, you know, actually as I, I had a lot of time to ponder, you know, and I, I, during the pandemic when I was, you know, home and I didn't have to see, the walk past those assholes every morning and like pretend to say hello, that felt really good. You know, maybe I don't like the people that I'm surrounded by more than I actually realized and I'm going to change. I think there's so many. So I think that's one part of it, but I think because I was kind of long winded, if I could, if I could just, because it doesn't mean that the people that you're leaving are bad people. Or I just think that everybody is looking internally at how they want to move forward in the business. Well, and yeah, Miles, but but I'm not I'm not suggesting that that it's because they're bad people. But I will tell you, as somebody who owns a company who has a no asshole policy, because I've hired many assholes without knowing they're assholes until I'm actually you know in the trenches with them and they're you know greedy and stab you in your front, not even your back. Like there's a real element of that. You can't oh, act as sure. if there's not. Come on. No, no, no. There, there for sure is out there, and that can make your decision of where you want to go and how you want to proceed forward much easier. But I think my the the point that I'm trying to make here is, following the pandemic, everybody is investigating kind of what they need in place to be able to move forward, and it's causing you know a lot of movement. You know, whether you feel like you need technology uh, and very innovative, you know, approaches like I know Andrew Genova is building out, you know, crazy data, you know, uh, pr like proprietary data. You know, that's the kind of guy you want to be with. You know, he's positioning himself to be able to add a lot of value to his clients in the future. And if you're a young broker, you want to be with somebody like that. You want to learn so that you can be able to contribute that kind of value. So it's like, well, what, where do you explain, explain to me? And everybody else listening, what kind of data you're talking about and, and how that helps me 
service my clients because I'm curious because we're doing that. Um, but I'm just curious what somebody else is doing because I've never heard of it. You want to learn from somebody that's using like Rethink and they're they're tying in like GeoSearch into Rethink and they have a really innovative CRM. But maybe where you currently, you know, you'll hear that your friend is doing that and you'll say, well, we're doing none of that. And so we can't tie maps into uh, and mapping technology to isolate maybe the best sites or where the opportunities are for our specific clients. You know, it might be something like that. It might be leveraging social media um, and 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 just you know innovative ways to market that, um, like some of my friends in the urban core are doing. It you have to decide what you feel personally is going to benefit you moving forward in the business, which is also changing. Um, and, and a lot of that is centered on technology and also the people. And I think also have access to the relationships um, of significance. Corey, Corey, what say? Miles. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right, certainly on the technology and all of those things. And I know Andrew and I know what he's doing out there. Um, but I think so much technology. And certainly, Jay, you and your squad can speak to this even better than I, is available to everybody. And so I think that what you're saying, Miles, is correct, but there's sort of a subsection to that. And the subsection is great. I got all this stuff, but where am I going to be as an individual? How do I fit as an individual within all of this? Because I bet you if you walk in the door at CB, RE, they say to you, we got this, we got this, we got this. You know, and go, go sit in Bezos' office and talk technology with him. But if you're the fifth guy on the team and you're not making any money, and, and look, we can't be, we, we're all out there. Everybody wants to make a living, okay? And it doesn't always have to be our money first. We do want to make that living. So all the technology in the world, again, is fabulous. But if you're, if you're not happy walking into that room every day, who gives a shit? You know, you really got to, this can't be a job. If you look at this as a job, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You got to want to go and be a part of it all and, and make the collective, you know, the Sabre, Sabre team, right? All the technology and come have some fun and we'll all make money along the way. Now, it's very utopian, you know, and that's not the world. I get that. But I think that's the differentiator between the companies and younger kids to me, which is everybody, needs to figure out what they want. Because these kids, they think they're getting money because they take a $35,000 a year draw out of the gate or a $40,000 a year draw out of the gate at CBRE a year later to be thrown on a team to make $26,000. That can't be your end goal. If it is, then, you know, can't, I can't change that. But I think it's broader than just technology. I think it's a lot more people than technology. Yeah, I think that was well said, Corey. Andrew, welcome to the stage, brother. How you doing? Appreciate it, Jason. Thanks so much, Miles. Appreciate the shout out, Corey, you as well. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've talked a lot about recruitment, retention, the evolution of the commercial real estate environment as it relates to both those topics. Um, and I'll kind of, you know, add a little bit to that. But more specifically, I do want to address kind of the technology thing. 
first off, from a digital army perspective, I'm happy to host a Zoom meeting whereby I show everyone the actual technology we're working on. Let's go. And Jason, yeah, man, dude, I, I'd love to be able to be a resource and just make everyone a lot more um, you know, quick on what they're able to do or solve challenges or gaps that they've got. So whatever I can do to help, I'm here as a resource, want to be a team player. It's all about collaboration and working with good people and helping those good people work with other good people. So this, uh, this industry, let me just pause for a second and just say this industry needs more people like you. And like the fact that you just jumped up here, you know, a couple of people gave, gave you some kudos. You jumped up here and said, you know, I want to tell everybody what I'm working on. I want to be collaborative. I want to help. I want to change the world and make it a better place without just saying exactly that, bro. Like, that's what this is fucking about. And that's what this room is about. And that's why it's called Rewired. And this is a fucking movement we're taking over. No, absolutely, man. I mean, I think that's what it's all about is getting rewired. I mean, this industry is ripe for being rewired. We've had these archaic ways. I'll get to the technology later. I'm just going to kind of hit some points. We've just been we've been a victim to archaic ways in which this business is operated. You don't put in your you know hundred hours of week before the in before the bosses, out after the bosses. You know, doing all the bitch work. You're you're not really learning. You're just expected to be on calls. You know, getting meetings. All of that is well and good, and all of that is needed to be successful. But right now, what we're seeing is there's a lot less tolerance for that type of treatment in the workplace from the ones that are being recruited. But more importantly, when I'm constantly beating the heads of the people who are, you know, a lot of the bigger decision makers and hiring bodies, it's really a function of being relatable, providing something that others aren't providing and creating an environment that people want to be part of. If you don't create that environment, regardless of how good someone is, you're going to be a commodity to them. And it's only going to take a bigger paycheck for them to bounce out. And then you've just wasted so much time and energy trying to train, create. But more importantly, if you were a good person, but the culture and environment you were in was not similar to you, you're going to lose those people regardless. So it doesn't really matter. And rewired, perfect way of putting this. I was just talking to someone who was like, hey, how do I recruit and retain the next generation of talent? And my initial thoughts were, well, be a good person, have good people around you, institute and enforce that no asshole rule. We've got a no asshole rule as well at our firm, but quite frankly, it's not really enforced as it should be because I'm dealing with a bunch of assholes who I wish I didn't have to be around, but I see every day. And part of the challenge is how do you actually make the environment be what you want it to be? We talk about this so much with office tenants and other groups trying to figure out, oh, what should we do with our office space? Well, what do you want to do with it? Like, what are you trying to create? What is that environment? What is that culture? We need to take that. We need to take an inverse perspective on that and ask ourselves in the commercial real estate industry, what are we trying to create? Who are we trying to be? What is the talent that we want? And what are the skill sets that are really going to be successful moving forward so that we're not wasting our time or the people's time coming in? We want good people with good motivations, good intentions, who are hard workers and want to succeed, not force them into these dungeons in these cold call, just, you know, just machines and saying, all right, if you don't do this, you will not be successful and you are out. 
And oh, by the way, I'm not going to train you along the way. And oh, by the way, I'm not going to bring you in on deals. And oh, by the way, I'm not going to give you the training unless you prove to me you can bring in meetings. Like that's just absolute horseshit. Like that's not how it needs to be. And until there's a change from the top down at any of these industries, CBREs, JLLs, Avis and Youngs, and everyone, it's never going to be where it needs it to be. And I do believe to some degree the boutiques are going to start winning out on more business and good brokers who can set themselves apart from their umbrella are going to be the ones that really come out of this thing ahead. So that's kind of my comments on that. And then I'll talk about the tech, but I'd love to hear people's Well, first of all, Andrew, I think you're so on point. By the way, Zelda can jump over anytime you want to start a company. Happy to have you. Let's do it. Uh, I think that, you know, to your point, and, I, and again, I know I was alluding to money earlier, but besides the money, because right, when it comes down to splits, everybody gets crazy. I think if you get rid of the no asshole policy early, like you're alluding to, just from an operational perspective, it'll make money and splits easier. And that's the hard, it's the hard thing because, again, overly redundant, but so much of this business is older. It's just older. And those are tough, some tough spots to move on that leopard. You know? So it's mid-level. I think I say this respectfully, Andrew. I think that's where you are in this world. I know we're just coming to know each other. And so I, I, I you think continue that, with, but like I always oh, Corey. I didn't know if Corey passed out or if you signal. I'm I'm still here, brother. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Um, but, but the last thing was, I was going to say is that, like I always say, it's like turning a battleship. So we just got to keep chiseling away. We just got to keep chiseling away. I Listen, I, I think, Andrew, first of all, you're the fucking truth, man. And and obviously we know each other, but, but we need to get to know each other better. And I haven't heard somebody like speak with the passion that I have about moving the fucking needle and, and, you know, not giving a shit about the way that the world has worked, you know, for since the beginning of time, but focusing on the change and, you know, the, the, you, what you, the, the, the biggest takeaway from what you said was be a good fucking person, right? Like, like at the end of the day, hundred percent. if you're at the end of the day, if you're truly operating with the best interest of other people in mind, okay, and you want the other people around you to win, you're going to win. And it's the exact opposite that the majority of the commercial real estate, you know, the, the legacy commercial real estate brokers like Corey, right? Corey's seen the fucking light, you know? Corey has transitioned in such a major way over the last many years, but Corey could have easily stayed that New York City you know, legacy broker asshole that knows everybody, does a bunch of deals, makes a bunch of money and doesn't give a shit about anybody above him, around him, below him, and just continues to do him. And those people are going to get phased out eventually. 
and everybody that's that's coming up under all of us that believes in the movement that is the digital army that realizes it's about aging first. It doesn't fucking matter where you hang your license anymore. Like people need to realize that it's agent first brokerage because at the end of the fucking day, your personal brand matters more than the fucking flag that you fly on your business card. That shit don't matter anymore. And it's not going to matter more and more every day that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, not only that, I mean, just think about how we live our daily lives. We don't want to be around people we don't like. And so naturally people are not going to want to work with people they don't like and, and vice versa. But if you are a wolf in sheep's clothes, you will be found out and it's only a matter of time and you can only fool so many people. And until everyone starts to realize that, you know, you're going to have your brokers who make gobs of money, but they're not going to have repeat clients. I've lost one client because of a regime change in the past 12 years I've been doing this because I care so much more about reputation and caring for the actual client themselves that if I have to do double, triple the amount of work, I'm going to do it. Because if I don't, someone else will. They may get lucky and get that one deal, and that would be it. But you have to think about longevity as well. And because we apply so much pressure on the younger generation to deliver, 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 set meetings, set meetings, set meetings, that's it, they don't understand or appreciate the importance of the client relationship and client management side because they're not given that opportunity to do it. And then we burden them with draws. We burden them with everything else that life has to throw at them. I was just talking to someone yesterday, like adulting, the more adulting you have to do. And as you continue to adult, it sucks more and more. So make life just a little bit easier. Make that barrier entry just a little bit easier for the right people with the right hustle, with the right mentality. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be stuck in an archaic business where there's going to be a force to, you know, evolving some of the processes to automation, which I think is going to happen regardless. But if you really want to make a difference, be someone that people want to work with and would choose a personal interaction over a, over a machine trying to do what a person should be able to do. Amen, brother. Andrew Genova is the man. I, I really like the stuff he said today and uh, great to have him as part of the uh, digital army. Appreciate it. And just as a quick side, again, I will, uh, I'll do a demo for the digital army on the tech, but what we're building out, you know, it can answer pretty much any question that you've got for it. As an example, I work with an e-commerce group and we are deep in identifying and analyzing labor analytics, supply chain, um, and how some of the disruptors like Joker, GoPuff, Gorillas um, may try to disrupt that supply chain and in turn try to get out ahead of them and identify the locations and sites where there may be some, you know, some risks or some volatility or uh, uh, vulnerability involved with some of that. But on the other side, as we're looking at GovCon and tech groups, when they're looking at the people they're trying to recruit and retain from a talent perspective, being able to put them in the right place to ensure that they can offer the right employment packages is also something that we're working on. So whether it's real estate or real estate adjacent data, um, from demographics to spending patterns to cell phone usage to migration patterns to traffic patterns to traffic counts uh, to repopulation of buildings based on cell phone pings, whatever it may be, and whatever the challenge is, whether it's from an owner or occupier perspective, we can solve for it. So I, I can't wait to show you guys all this tech. It's 
it's super cool. And for anyone kind of hearing what I'm saying, we're essentially buying every single third party data that we can that we can get our hands on, putting it into a single database, visualizing that da- database, but more importantly, translating that data to actionable uh, instances and situations for the clients that we're working on. Because, I mean, listen, you can buy all the data in the world, but if you don't know how to use it the right way, translate it and present it, it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. I mean, that that's really one of our key differentiators at Sabre. It's, it's why when we jump on a call with a prospect about representing them nationally, it's like before the calls halfway through, they're like, awesome. When can we start? It's like, we're not even, we're not even, there's no such thing as selling in our world. We're educating and telling people why and how we do things and what we're able to do for them. And they're like, okay, that's like uh, amazing. Let's go. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of the same stuff, Andrew. Let's jump into that because I'd love to learn. Definitely. And Jason, you just hit such an important point. We are educators. We are consultants. Brokerage is a byproduct of what we do. And we will be passed unless we are very good at the education and consulting component. So yeah, we get people bought in similar to you, Jason. We get people bought in on the tech and they're like, holy shit, I know I need this. I don't exactly know how, but let me tell you all my problems. And then can you fix it and educate me, educate me and teach me? So we're turning into more of just real estate people. We're business consultants that are very good at real estate and transactions. I, I, I love that. I think we were separated at birth, but I'll go a step further and say that I'm in the human development business. We just happen to be really, really good at real estate. So I think that's ultimately the biggest differentiator because to Corey's point earlier, like, yes, tech is and data is uber important for everybody in our business, but everybody has access to something that does what you just said, whether they realize that or not. So at the end of the day, the most important component for any business is the humans that are involved in the business. It's all about the people. And it's not about the people while they're working in the office from nine to five, the way it was a decade ago. It's about the people and helping them be a better version of themselves today in all aspects of their life than they were yesterday. I swear, man, I think yeah. we were born in the same hospital, dabbed it up, and then went on our way. <laughs> Baby dabs. Yeah, man. Kyle, I'll tell you what, it is. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of, I mean, it's, it's what, you know, in the hospitality industry, Danny Meyer is like a god when it comes to how he builds his, how he builds his restaurants. But he took that model, and, you know, typically it was, you know, the, the, the employees essentially were on the bottom. Right. You know, he flipped and he said, if I make if I take care of of people who I bring in, if I attract better people and I teach them how to be, you know, what I want them to be hospitality first, enlightened hospitality without going into that. If you've been to a Danny Meyer restaurant, you you know the difference. But if if that's what I want, then I need to put them first. They will then take care of the guests who then take care of the bottom line, which takes care of the investors. And I think that's that's what's being spoken about here. And it, it's, it's really just what, what it is, is bring them on, show them what it's all about, inject them with the, the, the culture and, and how we're going to start to do things. The, the, the shoving them in the corner and hoping things work out just, you know, I don't know. It's just never, never going to work out. I don't see how it, how it does. I think, I think the, the best thing about the, the pandemic is, you know, it, it accelerated everything that would have taken another decade plus, right? Like it happened kind of over a year and a half. And, uh, you know, for folks who share Andrew's mentality, that's a wonderful thing. 
for people who disagree with anything that he's talking about or the vibe and the way he delivers it, you're fucking irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to everything that Andrew said as far as being relatable as a broker in education and just the, I mean, the overall vibe, you know, I, my, being a rookie in, in commercial real estate, well, I'm on, I'm on my second year now, but it's just the, the brokerage I was with before, I just wasn't vibing with them. You know, they were great and they were, uh, the broker I was with, his dad was the largest office landlord in San Antonio, but I just wasn't vibing with them. And they weren't, they were still a traditional brokerage and they were still there. Oh, cold call, cold call. You just got a cold call and collect all the data that way and you'll be successful. And just drilling that into my head and, you know, just like you, you can be so great, but at the same time you do have to be innovative and you do have to be relatable and you have to vibe with where you are, who you're working with. And so that's why I love my Sabre team. And and the CRE Digital Army. I you know I I would say and and Andrew another another key thing here is you know it, by the way like I'm only the only reason that Saber is what it is today is because I'm a real estate broker for 20 years that had my ass handed to me for the first you know 10 of those 20 years right and 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 anybody who's been in this business has had their ass handed to them. It it comes with the territory. It is what it is. Right. But the fact that I, I graduate college, my mom passes away from cancer. My dad moves to Florida, gets remarried like a month later. And I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? You know, like I, I had a pretty good upbringing and I know what it's like to have nice things. And I never really focused on what I want to do for the rest of my life in college because I went to the University of Arizona and partied my face off. So why would I think about my future, right? So all of a sudden, I, I happen upon commercial real estate brokerage. I feel like somebody's doing me a favor, hiring me, giving me a draw to go into debt, essentially, and then have to figure out how I could chase my tail and climb my way out of the way that everybody for the most part starts in this business is basically breeds, uh, you know, being desperate and putting tenants in space that they don't belong in. So you could actually eat like that's basically the fundamental issue with how people start in this industry. It's the draw thing isn't talked about enough. And I'm so happy you brought it up, Andrew, because it's basically the same thing as student debt. Everybody talks about student debt, but nobody talks about draws in real estate. Right. That's right. And and every two and every two weeks when they get their check with a sheet of paper that says you owe us X, it kills them. It kills them mentally. As much as you want to try to tell them not to not to worry about it, it's it's a killer. Cause you see it like it's put in your face. It's not the check part. It's the balance of what you owe. It's a, it's a killer. Take, yeah. take, it a step for, take it a step further, Corey. It's like the fact that I was that person who yeah. was, I, I was a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars in debt on my draw. And I exclusively represented Starbucks coffee and fucking Chipotle. Crazy. 
crazy. It's really crazy. You know, I want to throw, I want to throw sort of uh, an umbrella slash uh, individual test for everybody in the army and everyone who's listening as we speak about all this stuff. You should self-evaluate periodically from a personal, in your organization and where you sit today. I know there's a lot of people that are independents here. I, I don't know everybody in the room, but I think you should do a personal diagnostic on a regular basis about your work life and see how it appeals to your personal and your mental state in terms of how you want to approach things. So if you're at a bigger company, say, hey, one, do I enjoy going to work? How do I feel going to work? Am I liking and enjoying what I'm doing? And am I truly, <clears throat> excuse me, am I truly happy at what I'm doing? And that should be done and you should open up to your bosses if you have them, the people that you work with about some of these things. And if you're not getting the right feedback, and I'm not telling people to walk in and make a big speech and quit on, a, on the spot, but I think it's something to consider if you're not getting the right feedback as it relates to those personal and emotional things, because the money will come later. But if those things are not working for you, you need to make some decisions about what you're doing next in this business. And there's so much out there. I think that UJ and Andrew, and I know me, you know, our approach to this thing is, hey, come be happy. Come want to do what you're doing. And, you, and I think that everybody, almost on a monthly basis, should do a personal diagnostic. Because if it's ugly now, it only gets uglier when the money's on the table. So do it without the money and see how you feel. I think everybody should work off of that. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Corey. I mean, it's all about align, alignment you know, where you are and what you're doing and who you are as a person, is that in alignment with your everyday day-to-day duties, responsibilities, um, people that you're working with and how are, how are you feeling about that? It's all, it all comes down to, are you in alignment with who you want to be, who you are as a person and where you want to go? So, I mean, that's huge. That's right. And, and like Jay would, Jay would say, alignment, right? Check, check yourself every day at 11, 11 see how aligned <laughs> <Yeah>. you are. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly right. And you know there what? You Andrew's texting me on the side and, you know, like th- these types of like, you know, connections and, and energy, he used the word energy and I, and I love the word energy because you know what? Like, I'm very fortunate to be at a stage of my life in my mid forties where I operate on myself through and through, and I'm able to actually use social media the way that I do, because I'm not faking the funk like a lot of other people. Everything I talk about is true. I'm just being myself. Corey knows me 20 fucking years. He knows everything. If, if you see me on a social media video clip or you meet me in the street for the first time, it's the same person that's talking to you in all aspects of my life. And I think, Andrew, there's going to be a big challenge for wolves in sheep's clothing, as you mentioned earlier, or assholes to try to show up on tools like social media, use video when people see them on the video and they're like, yo, that's not you. You're an asshole. I know you, I've known you a long time. You're, you say you're that, but you're actually an asshole. So it's, it's funny because I, the whole time that I've been doing this for the five years that I've had a weekly vlog now, 
Like I knew that the barrier to entry for people to actually do what I do is so fucking high because people are not who they say they are and they're out for themselves and the internet fucking exposes you. Oh yeah. That's right. And everyone, everyone in this room and, and elsewhere should have the self have the self confidence and, and understanding of themselves to be a good asshole reader. They're obvious. Okay. And, and most of them are older and not on social media, but the, the you have faith in yourself. When you read an asshole, trust your instinct and go with your gut and maybe sometimes get the hell out of Dodge. That's exactly right, Corey. And I, I you know, this, this conversation, I, it honestly warms my heart because regardless, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, when I say to people that I want, I, I know that this, we live in a world where there's enough to go around and everybody can win. I truly believe that. I mean that. I want what's best for other people. I really, truly do not want young people to have to go through what, and I can only speak about my experiences personally about starting out in brokerage, but I don't want young people that are driven, good people, good heads on their shoulders that want to survive and thrive in our industry to have to go through the same roadblocks that we all had to go through because it's not necessary. The say the, exactly what Andrew said. You don't have to be this canvasser, cold caller that is locked in a room, banging phones all day to be successful at what we do. Do you have to put in, do things that you don't necessarily want to do in order to get to the place that you could actually do the things that you want to do? Absolutely. And you got to take the stairs. There's no elevator in this business to success. But at the end of the day, I feel like the legacy high level brokers in the business feel good keeping young people down because they were kept down. They finally broke through and they're like, you know what? I'm going to keep you down now because if I give you some, it's less out of mine. And that mentality needs to go. That's the biggest problem with our industry. And I'm going to spend every minute of my waking day trying to change the way that we operate and empowering as many less experienced people in the industry to be as good as they can possibly be to accelerate their careers in this business. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I obviously I've spoken about this before too, but the, you know, for me, I, I, I've lived it, right? Like I, I am older. I came into this, this, uh, at CBRE, I had, you know, I had to, at, at 40, start to work under somebody again, which I've never done. You know, I've been an independent entrepreneur my whole life. And then when I came to Sabre, it was like somebody pulled my head. I don't have hair, but if I had hair, they'd grab me by the back of my hair, pull me out of the water, and it was like I could breathe. It, because it was so shockingly different in terms of the culture and the way how and, and how collaborative it was. It was, I mean, it's it's not... I can't even imagine the other way. It's so it's even more stifling than what I had imagined. It's like when you're in it, you don't even realize how shitty it is and how you could be doing something else. Then you go, I mean, we were on Zoom at the time and we weren't even in person. And the collaborative nature of it was just, it was jarring to a good extent. Like I was like, wow, this is completely different than what I was used to. Listen, I, and by the way, like when when people like Kyle say positive things like that about what we're doing, like, it makes me feel like, like, oh, oh, sh you know, I'm not paying Kyle. This isn't an infomercial. Right. But but at the same time, I I'll tell you guys, like, I might look like I'm on top of the world as this, you know, entrepreneur who like, 
you know, has has uh, accomplished some level of success. Yo, it's hard every day. Go look at my Insta story. Like I talked this morning about how how difficult it is to show up every single day, regardless of outside circumstances, what's going on in your personal life, whatever it is, and putting in 200% because I have my why, like Corey mentioned earlier. It's my why is how I'm going to continue to do what we're doing, right? And the fact that Kyle is is having this experience is is exactly why, you know, I'll go through the rest of my day giving it 200%. But you know what? Like, it's not easy to do. It doesn't matter at what level of the game you're at. It doesn't matter what type of success you've achieved or not achieved. It's not easy. Life's not easy. But if you work fucking really, really, really hard and you're patient and you're not entitled, you could have anything you want. Yeah, and I think for me, what it is, is actually when I did enter into the commercial real estate industry, I come from residential and residential is full of, you know, younger professionals. And when I came into the commercial side of things, I was like, wow, this is a really old industry. There's no younger professionals. Um, and when I do meet someone, I'm like, oh my God, yay, you're young. Let's hook up. Let's, let's collaborate. So for me, I think, you know, having this sort of passion around me with everyone here and everyone in the CRE digital army and Sabre and all the other brokerages who agree and what we're trying to do is huge because, you know, if we don't do something now to change and make this more appealing for younger professionals and have their retention and have their recruitment of the younger generations, you know, where, where are we going to be? Cause all the, all the older people are going to die out. And you know, I think it's huge because now we're, we're in a time we are more creative, we're more innovative, we're more technologically savvy. And though that is the younger generation. So we have to make this shift. And I'm so passionate about helping these younger professionals get into the game and understanding that it's, it's not a, you know, fin for yourself. It's a collaboration it's a teamwork environment that drives you know your success and yeah i mean we do have to work hard you get what you put into it that's just that just goes with the real estate industry in general but you know what if we have that sort of environment where it's appealing it's creative it's collaborative we can bring in these younger professionals and make them into the shining stars or mentor them into the shining stars to keep this industry thriving. I I think that's right, Morgan. And that's also why, like when, when some, somebody gives me positive feedback about what you're doing and how hard you're working and how quickly you're able to, you know, catch on to things and add value on, on, you know, with, with clients and, and important accounts for the company and whatnot. What do I do? I call you and tell you that. What do most other CEOs do in this industry? They ignore the people that are doing the great work that benefits them or they, they, you know, 
even worse, right? Beyond ignore, right? Like actually talk negatively or, or put people mm-hmm. down. It's just, it, it, it's yeah, they, exactly. just, yeah, it's because they take an, an expected attitude. They, they're so condescending that they just expect it and it should be there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm excited about, you know, again, I mean, I, I feel like there's so many like-minded people and, and obviously it's the, it's the company we keep and the rooms that we're in. And, you know, obviously we attract like-minded, but there's a lot of work to do, but I, but the, the nicest part ever is that for the, for, you know, kind of the first time ever in this post pandemic world, it's really clicking. Like it, it's, you know, there's no, I feel like, you know, I used to have to push this shit. Like I used to have to push hard and now I'm just getting pulled. You know, it, it's crazy. The universe is taking over and it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's an amazing You know, and, and I think, that, and it is, Jay, and this is, you know, you've been a great leader in this whole thing. And I think that uh, what's those that don't come along for the ride, you know what? We don't need them. We don't need them. There's plenty of us and we're growing and we're going to take over because, you know, those, those that don't want, that's OK. Just don't be a part of it. Don't get in the way. Because we're, we're, I think we as a collective are just going forward. And I think that's what we have to continue to do and not worry about those that don't want to get on board. I agree, and you just made me want to do seventy-five hard again. So we we, we need. To- <laughs> you don't you do you don't mind if I do my four by four by forty-eight first, right? Is that okay? Can I do that first? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I think we should do it at the same time. We started right after Labor Day last year. September. It was the middle of September. I think it was September seventeenth, if I remember correctly. It, it was perfect. I think I we finished three days after my birthday. If you if you don't mind, can we jump it up like three days before so I could drink tequila on my birthday this year? Yeah. Well, no. You know what happened, Jay? We did the seventy-five hard. And we then we kept did the thirty day no, no oh. thirty day level up got thrown in and it extended the seventy five by like six or seven days. Remember? That's, right. that, that's what happened. That's why that's we got right. thrown through your birthday. So are you into doing it again? Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. All, All right. right. Oh, hey, by the way, how about this? How about this? I will I will announce it as the annual seventy five hard. Let's do it. Uh, I'm in. Let's go. Look, Any, anybody else on this board? Come on board with us. You have you'll to get, explain what is the seventy-five part. Yeah. No idea. Uh, by the way, I just, got text, I just got a text from Eddie Gonzalez that he's in in for seventy-five hard. We got one. We got one, Corey. All right, tell me what it is. All right. So what you do, Morgan, is for seventy-five consecutive days, you maintain your own personal uh, personal diet. You drink one gallon of water a day. You must work out twice a day, 45 minutes each session, can't be 90, 45 twice. One of them must be outside and you must read at least 10 pages in a nonfiction book every single day. And you need to take a progress picture every single day. And did I mention no cheat meals in your diet? I think that was the other one. And no drinking alcohol. So I, I went a little out of order. So this is really Morgan. It's it's Ooh, as much mental man. as it is. Phys- it's as much <laughs> mental as, as it is physical. Yeah, um, it's like I'm competing for a bodybuilding competition. There you go. There you yeah, go. Morgan's so. a trainer, so she's no. She's oh. not far. Yeah, this is like every day. This is normal. But, but, yeah, she's gonna yeah, laugh. Morgan, you're in. Laugh. <laughs> you and Chad are doing it. And by the way, 
you know, Corey's absolutely right. It, it's as much a, a mental challenge as it is a physical challenge, but I'll actually clarify. It's way more of a mental challenge than it's <laughs> physical. The physical side is almost like the benefit of it. The mental is like what changes your life forever. Like I, I will tell you all, I'm a better person with a much different outlook on life as a result of that experience. Absolutely. And you can all welcome. And if you're on board and you're on our well, on our, our DM trail, our team group DM, you'll have a at least a 3.45 or a 4 a.m. Eastern time wake up note from me, Jack and Yell, because I'll be up waiting for you. <laughs> that, Damn, that's, and, that's and, Eddie. My Eddie, time. he's not kidding, Eddie. And since you're in Arizona, man, you're going to be getting like these 1 a.m. texts from... <laughs> He knows it. He knows it. I, I'm all over that motherfucker. He's too scared to jump up here and talk to me right now. No, he's doing it. He's in. I know. I know. I know. Awesome. Hey. All right, guys. We got to, uh, some of us are heading over to the Digital Army yes. Clubhouse. So let's wrap it up. This was an amazing discussion. You guys Love really, it. really hyped me up for a Friday, man. I, I, this is awesome. Thank you, everybody. Go get it. Go get it. Everybody have, have a great day. You Join us next Friday. Feel better, Morgan. Thanks. See you in the next room.